This podcast has some adult words and some adult themes. If you're a kid, you might want to go and play now. Welcome back to Neurotic Tornado. This is the Being Coupled season where Jackie, Shannon, Hollis, and I talk to other couples about how they manage to stay together. Jackie will be up here in the attic momentarily, but first let me get some logistics out of the way. Crap, I just said the word logistics. Please disregard that. Hopefully it gets better from here. Anyway, if you didn't listen to our teaser episode, you can go back to episode 24 if you want to listen to that. It gives a little bit of background to this thing. But let me sum it up in case you don't feel like going back to the past. In order to prep for this season, Jackie and I interviewed four different couples about how they managed to stay together. But rather than play those whole interviews, each episode of this season, Jackie and I are going to cover a particular topic and play excerpts from the interviews that relate to the topic. And then you'll hear us try to analyze what we observed and learned from those interviews. Quick spoiler, Jackie is better at learning things from other couples than me. This particular episode will help you get to know the four couples. So let's get started. Oh, wait, I forgot. Come back. Uh, The requirement for this season is that every couple had to be together for at least 11 years, which is an artificial requirement I made up because my wife and I are coming up on what I now realize is 11 years. Are we coming up on our 10-year dating anniversary? What? That's crazy talk. You're nuts. We are not coming up on it. We have passed it. Fuck. Dun-da-da-da. Shit. End of new podcast. You you just destroyed the whole scheme. We already passed 10 years? Yes, yep. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> well, we're going to... Back to the drawing board. We're going to have to do it anyway. Let's maybe because we're coming up on 11, right? Yeah. Uh, now that's more accurate. Okay. All right. So now let's bring on Jackie. And just since we're, you know, counting years here, uh, sh- Jackie has been with her husband, Bill, for over 28 years. Well, hey, Jackie, welcome to the hosting seat of Neurotic Tornado. You're now getting to see how the magic happens. Yeah, this is um, this is a cool place. I actually found the seat after I moved off some of your laundry. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, I th- that's actually clean laundry that's oh, good, uh, all over my attic. <laughs> that's so. part of the magic, huh? <laughs> that's what makes the uh, Neurotic Tornado tick. Would would you be willing to introduce everyone to our introductory episode? Introduce? (laughs) Yes, I would. So we're really, really excited to introduce the couples in this first episode. And one of the cool things about it is that when we interviewed them, we really began to see a relationship between our opening question, which is their origin story. How did they meet? And one of our last questions, which I kind of want to take credit for, um, what's your what's your mission as a couple? And um, by that, we I have seen, and I think that you know, you and I have talked about this. That most couples seems to have a 
purpose or reason that they're together and what we're calling a mission. A thing that they do that is about them together versus each of them separately. Um, and that's a, that's a really neat connection that we found. So we thought in this episode we could focus on that opening question, the origin, and the mission question as a way to help you get to know the couples. Yeah, and we asked each of the couples to give us an animal name or an animal group, class, species, family, <laughs> that uh, we could use to label them just so it might make it a little easier for you to distinguish one couple from the other and we can talk about them throughout the series. And so here, our first couple, the feline couple, Don and Sarah, they've been together for over 20 years. They met at University of Oregon. Sarah was 21. Don was 27. But they didn't get together until 10 years later when she was 31 and he was 37. They're not married, no kids, but they have a cat they love named Edie. And Jackie and I visited them in their cozy house that had a nice warm fireplace going, and you'll occasionally hear the pop of the fire in the background. And that fire and that cozy house is really just a lot about them, I think, as a couple. The other thing that I think is really interesting about them as a couple is that they're very active in the theater community. And, you know, I really wondered about that, um, what part it plays in uh, in their relationship. We um, We got together in 1991 as a couple. And we were apart for like four years. So it kind of wrecks it. But I try not to think about that too much. Uh, And that breakup happened 14 years into their time together. I describe it as my midlife crisis. It was my midlife crisis. You can probably hear Edie in the uh, Crying in the background. Crying in the background. It's not our child. She does not like to think about it. No, she doesn't. That's (laughs) That's right. That's a tough four years for her. But... um, Moving on from that. Oh, I love how she says that. (laughs) And, you know, of course, my compulsion is to press on a little further. Let's not move on. Let's stay here and dig in. Yeah, if anybody in my area says moving on, then I'm like, let's poke at it. (laughs) If we can pick it and remove that scab, we can do. She does it with the kind of authority where normally I I do like to poke at like, oh, that sounds messy and Mm -hmm. interesting. And let's find out more. But she's very clean, clear cut about it. Like yeah. we're moving, we're moving on. on, and um, we moved on with her in uh-huh. a comfortable yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, and we fell for it. Yeah. But we do, we do get into that more in later episodes because I think this is a really critical part of how they deal with conflict and communication. And so I think it's pretty yeah, important, and it plays out in kind of cool ways. Uh, my wife and I started in a writing group that was particularly focused on discussing like the, the our deepest darkest secrets. So she knew like what a what a wreck I was, and, and so I was curious: Is theater just like that? Are you spilling your guts on stage, and would that help you get to know the person faster? Oh, I think I think you get to know each other quicker. Just even being in a class. And there, what about the vul- Is there a vulnerability aspect? Yeah, I was just going to say you're asked to you know, reveal who you are. And a lot of that, I think for both of us was that we were both kind of goofballs, you especially, I'd say. And yeah, you can kind of see, see, you know, who people are because they're, they, they have to get up there. They're not like, it's not like in a class you're sitting taking notes and then maybe you meet in a study group or something. Everybody at some point has to be up in class and 
do something, do something. in front of everybody. <laughs> and know, do a lot of things. Yeah. In front so of so you 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 see a public and a pr- private persona. In fact, uh, I don't know if you remember this. The, the actual first time we had physical contact was where in uh, this the improv class at, that Katha. Yeah, talk. yeah. Well, we, we were both. I don't. I think it's the first time I might have met you. Oh, we were both yeah. taking a an improv <laughs> acting class, and we were doing a uh, an improv where I was a game show host. It was like the dating game or something. And Sarah was one of the contestants, and I remember she just leaped into my arms, and you know started doing some you know comedy thing, and I'd never met her before. So they were friends for a while through this theater world, but then things shifted. And I was dating someone else, and Sarah was as well. When we were sitting around the pa- a table with all these people uh, and laughing, and I, I remember feeling very close to Sarah. We were kind of laughing at the same things, and I was laughing at what she said, and I, and I remember thinking, now there's someone to be with. I just sensed a real sim- simpatico there uh, at that time. It was kind of a, a huh, I wonder what it would be like would be someone you'd like, really. And then we both got dumped at the same time. We were close together, and you called me and said, oh, oh, you're used to getting dumped. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you do. Well, I, I don't well, remember saying, yeah, yeah, you used to get you, dumped. You did you, say, you did say really? something funny like that. Oh, I did. Oh, well, that's I mean, good. It was funny that's and good. charming. It was, it was funny and charming. It I was, oh, No, it was it, totally yeah. funny and charming. Oh, it was like, oh, you know, you know, you're good at being miserable like this, so I thought I'd take you out for a beer. It was something like that. It was, I liked it. It, it. Actually, their beginning was a little confusing. Like, when did they really get together? There were some stops and starts. And uh, even they were a little confused. It was well, more protracted it than was, that. It was kind of strange. Yeah. Because you uh, were my roommate for a while, remember? That's right. Which is so it was kind of awkward. When That's you were right. just friends? Yeah, yeah. She needed a place to stay. Oh. So she mm-hmm. st- stayed with was staying in with his me. House. And uh right. And we had I can't a remember exactly of, how it developed. I know. And then because you had a of, couple of you know um rendezvous. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I think And and then we had the, a rendezvous like way before that, didn't we one time after yeah. uh, after a Yes, yes. Show. I just remembered that. Yeah, yeah like some, in the car. Or like something. in the car or something like that. Yeah, because I was, that was not a good thing to do because I was in a relationship with it. Oh. But we just made do out. We don't say names. Like oh, that. yeah. Good well, God. Joey John. Joey yeah, yeah. John. Governor Kitzhaber. Just say <laughs> Governor Kitzhaber whenever you mean something. <laughs> but so I, I do remember really distinctly at that period when I was living at your house that um, as soon as that happened, that we got involved physically that um i knew i really liked you and i didn't want to be living with you anymore that's right so very quickly put up a boundary there i very quickly moved out very quickly moved out. i I remember it it was like i don't want to i don't want this is too messy and then we started dating and right it was kind of boyfriend and girlfriend yeah yeah, once i had my own place yeah But that's one of my favorite things about our relationship for me is that there's this sense of continuity for me over not just when we got together as a couple in 91, but that whole college, those college years and all the people that we still know and 
work with and socialize with from 30 year, you know, 30 plus years ago. So for each of these couples, there's this shared something that seems to carry through and carry through the, the whole length of their relationship, some commonality that they relate to each other through. It becomes a kind of a, a language and a, and a history that they reference back. So this outside thing becomes a common reference yeah, for, yeah. for those years, I mean, it's which just is so comforting and very, sustaining and, and fun and, and fun. And you know what yeah. you're talking about when you, you know, we know what each other is talking about when we're talking about something. So we kind of, you know, we're kind of characters in a in our own play. And then we ask them about their mission as a couple. Well, I just, I mean, I just think that we are so um, kind to each other. I just appreciate that about us so much. Like, that seems like a kind of motto around here is is like... Kindness to all. I mean, really. And now we're going to move on to the hedgehog couple, Steve and Holly. Jackie and I know Steve from the writing community. We've all sat at a table together and dug through the mess of our stories. And now, I didn't know much at all about uh, Steve's relationship and his family life, but I was curious, especially since his stories often involve guys who are struggling or failing at their marriage and people who aren't fitting in with their community. I knew his story was different than that. I was curious. So now, Steve and Holly both work in public service jobs. Steve is an educator, and Holly works at a nonprofit. And they have two boys. Um they're teenagers now. Yeah. And they started dating very early compared to the other couples we interviewed. He was 22 and she was 20 when they began a relationship. Married 20 years ago in 94. But we were together before that. Yeah. We were engaged for about a year, but we had started dating for three months before we got engaged. Three or four months. Yeah. But we knew each other for a year before that. You know, it was an interesting period in my life. I'd had girlfriends in high school and college. And then for, I don't know how long it was, about a year and a half, I just got tired of that, of the young angst that came with it, you know, and I knew what it was and just these breakups that, you know, they weren't that bad, but they just tore me apart. And so I just quit trying to find a girlfriend for a while. And that's where a lot of, for that time, I had a, some great relationships with a lot of women and met Holly kind of in the middle of that. I think it's important to note that they got to know each other through a larger group of friends. Um, the sense of community is something that it just seems like it really defines their relationship. So for about a year, they saw each other uh, among that group of friends, and um, it seemed like their friends might be kind of trying to set them up. Uh, and one thing led to another, and um, they started seeing each other. And then, so we went on a hike, and then I got quizzed about all kinds of different stuff sitting on the swing up on a Mount Pisgah. It's, it was a giant oak tree with the swing, and that was kind of when I knew things had changed. Yeah, I was just asking about kind of where you came from, essentially, who your family was, mm-hmm. and kind of some of your core beliefs, I would say, to see. I was if, interrogated. More or less. <laughs> yeah.
and they were engaged three months after they realized that they were more than just friends. And that seemed really fast to me. I mean, I, I was just like, what? Three months? So- yeah, it, it compared to, in my situation, it was several years before my stepson was like, okay, already, move in and get <laughs> married. So um, we wondered if uh, they felt like that three months from interrogation to engagement seemed fast. Did you mean to answer? <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think so. I don't know. One of those things where you know pretty quick, oh, we're going the same direction here. And it was obvious. And they didn't even have sex until after they were engaged. That's fascinating. What was your timeline? <laughs> well, that was, I think, was my fascination. Well, we'll, we'll get into this. Okay, actually, yeah. during in the, the sex in episode. The sex scene. I mean, the, the sex episode. The sex episode. <laughs> sex episode. And so we asked them about their mission at the end of the conversation, and uh, this idea of community was something that came up again. It it really carries through over their 20 years together. You know, I think one of the things that brought us together and made us work well is we both want to look for for things that we can make better in the community around us, in the world – you know, one of the things that I really liked about just this this couple is you hear a lot of people say this, we want to help the world, we want to, you know, do things, something bigger than, you know, just the two of us. But they're, they embody that. They started off that way right from the get-go. So after we got married, we graduated from college, got married in June, yeah. And uh, in September, we left and volunteered for a year with... Uh, the VISTA program it's, was becoming AmeriCorps when we did it, but we volunteered in Philadelphia for a year. And so that was kind of how we – that's how we spent our first year of marriage was mm-hmm. away from family. In work, a huge city. <laughs> yeah, in a place we didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh, making what, like 700 a month? Not even that. It was like Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. had no money. And uh, – and that was a great way to start out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they, even though they met in this community, they actually stepped away from their community to do this thing. What, what does that mean? Did they cheat on community? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, it's interesting. I have to let me think about that a little bit. I guess I think that, yeah, they did step out of their existing community, but they were still it was about being in service to community. So they went to a different place to be in service. And yeah, they were disconnected from their home community. But I think the underlying part of what is important to them is about looking outside of just the two of them. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So maybe that's the, the the idea is stepping outside of yourself. So it yeah. wasn't just about going like, oh, I love you. You're the best thing that ever happened mm-hmm. to me. All I can think about is you. But it's looking at the world around them. So more than more than any other couple, I really admire how intentional the hedgehog couple is. How intentional would you say you were when your relationship with Sherry started? Well, I was very intentional about worrying that Sherry didn't love me when she did things like meet up with me 12 seconds later than we agreed to meet, or when she smiled in another direction, or when she went to the bathroom to pee for five seconds too long. I guess what I'm saying is I was too insecure about myself and about our relationship to be able to look around. It took our dark periods, see episode eight, 
of Neurotic Tornado, neurotictornado.com slash eight, to shake me out of that crap, which is kind of embarrassing to admit because I was like in my 30s when this all occurred and these, what, 19, 20-year-olds were off doing this kind of work from the start of their relationship. But it's not like there's really a right or wrong. The way they're doing it seems really thoughtful. And I'm impressed by that. Yeah, and it's definitely not like they're a boring couple. Mm-hmm. They're funny. Smart. Yeah. And there's a real playfulness to them. I like how mm-hmm. when we started out recording, I was trying to ask Steve some opening question while the arm to my microphone kept falling down. And Steve said, I'm I'm more fascinated, fascinated by your limp mic. And it's true. It is limp. But that's the Hedgehog Couple. We wanted to give you a little window into their intentional world. And... It works all kinds of ways. Let's see a very different way for how a couple can begin. The horse couple, Dane and Mary, had an unusual beginning and, well, an unusual middle. But we're going to focus on their beginning. And while we're tracking ages here, Dane was 28 and Mary was 27 when they started dating. Uh, We met in a psychodrama group. I was five months pregnant and uh, married, and we were in a therapy group. That's totally full of interesting things. For one, she's already married and pregnant with her second child. But also, psychodrama. That sounds riveting, and I'd never heard of it before. What is that, Jackie? Well, okay, so psychodrama, yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be the expert here because I'm not, but I do know a little bit about psychodrama. You've at least Googled it more than I have. Yeah, I've Googled it more. (laughs) And actually, I've done done different forms of psycho. I've been in uh, psychodrama groups, so I know a little bit more about it. Oh, cool. Um, so it's it, there are different forms of it, but there's just these. Um, basically, it's a form of therapy where you act out scenes in your life, scenes that have been troubling, or behaviors or patterns in your life that have been troubling, and you act them out using the other people in the psychodrama group as as uh, stand-ins for the people in your life. So the intention is that you get some insight and maybe sort of reshape your patterns or your history. And what was most amazing for me uh, about psychodrama was that it didn't matter if you had a woman playing your father or uh, some guy playing your mother. If you were sent back to a Thanksgiving dinner that you had that was pivotal for one reason or another, as long as you you set them up with the line that happened and you reenacted it, it sent, it's, it sent me right to a core place like... Right back then, it was it was about being on stage, and it was the it was the adrenaline rush of being on stage combined with the memory and setting the scene that um, just put you right back in that place, and it was really moving, unexpectedly moving. And then Mary recounts her impression of Dane from the beginning. One time I was in there, and I don't know if I ever told you the story. We, I went one time, and I met you, and then the second time we were in Psychodrama together, you came in with a mask on for Halloween. And it was it a Halloween thing, kind of yeah. just kind of detracted everything from you, away from you for a while. <laughs> so my fake nose and glasses turned it you did. off? Yeah, there was something about that. I thought, yeah, what the, what's that? <laughs> no. It was Halloween. <laughs> I know. But it was the next time I went in that I said in my head, I'm going to marry him. And I thought to myself, how am I going to do that? I'm five months pr- pr- 
pregnant <laughs> and I'm already married. <laughs> I was particularly taken with their their candor, the horse couple's candor and just like this is who we are and this is our history. Yeah, really yeah. It was, it was very clean. Like even when they talked about the dirty parts, they they told it clean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so it was very uh to the just direct. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, it does make sense that things would be intense in this situation, being in this group, working through such intimate issues. I particularly like how Dane describes how he felt for Mary. I was only thinking of her as someone that is a lot like someone I'd like to meet. She was a lot like the person I would like to meet. And... (laughs) And she was so much like that person, it made me want to leave, basically. And, and Dawn said something about this, uh, you know, the feline couple, that that's, they're a lot like someone I'd like to meet. You know, that there's that, mm-hmm. that separation that is, it's not yet having the courage to say that is the person, or not even knowing. Yeah. And in this situation, they're actually reenacting important people mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. So it, it, there's even more layers yeah. to it, yeah. And so while Mary was pregnant and married, Dane was working through issues he had about being around women. I'd play his girlfriend. Yeah, he, she'd play but my we girlfriend. But acknowledged anything. Um, you know, the moment I sat next to her in this movie theater or whatever, I believe that was one of the skits. You know, you, you know it's before a show. You're sitting next to this attractive woman. Go. It's like, well, instantly I, found, I just found my body taking over. And I was trying to do well, you know. I was trying to, I was not trying to show my my weakest side. I was trying to break through. And still, my body was was uh, taking me in exactly the opposite direction. So I, I found myself uh, instantly slouched in my chair next to her, you know, kind of flopped, sort of, you know, kind of getting distance. And uh, kind of like, you know, she was repulsive. You know, that was my body language. You know, it was like she was repulsive. But it was all out of attraction, you know. And, uh, and meanwhile, Mary struggled with her feelings for Dane. But during that time, I had decided, because I was having all these feelings for him and telling my sister about him and how wonderful he was. And, and I asked her, do you think this is a problem, how I feel about Dane? She says, no, only if you love him. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I do. So I then I went home and told Dane, who had a, who had a girlfriend, and I said that I couldn't see him anymore, and I said it because I was having feelings for him, and I really needed to work on my marriage. And like the feline couple that you, we discussed earlier, and the Chihuahua couple, who we'll discuss in a moment, they started off in situations with a high level of vulnerability. And that carried on, because they were in the psychodrama group for quite a while. And, um, and then... A year later... After not speaking to him for an entire year and worrying I'd run into him somewhere around town, um, he, he, uh, he called me and said, happy birthday. And then said, do you want to get some coffee? And that did it. So, they, so ultimately they ended up in a, in a relationship and they got married and um, Dane became step-parent to their two kids, a boy and a girl. Um, who are in their well into their 20s now. And so now we'll tell you more about their struggles in another episode. Uh, they've had a really uh, uh, amazing path, but it involves them living apart for four years, uh, which was partly... Because be- of my drinking. 
So it makes a lot of sense that given that they met in psychodrama and they went through a lot of big things alongside parenting, step-parenting, that their mission is characterized by Mary like this. I would hope, with all of the stuff that we've both been through throughout our lives, that we figure out a way... I think, for at least for right now, this I think missions probably change. But um, I learn a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about so many things. And I've had, I think us relying on each other over time through thick and thin has been an interesting process. Yeah, partner to learn all kinds of things with. And to have them change over time into these different in these different cool ways, not so cool all the time, and then looking back and go, oh, I don't know if that's a mission, though. So now we move on to the Chihuahua couple, Stephen and Gigi, and they have quite a few facets that are different than the others. For one, they met when Stephen was 45 and Gigi was 34, a little later than the other couples. Also, the other couples have each been together for over 20 years. And one aspect to that is that puts them in a realm where we weren't living so much of our lives online. And the Chihuahua couple got together 11 years ago. We met online. But that didn't mean they met by online dating, right? Yeah, she was living in Wisconsin, and he was living in Portland, Oregon, and she came out to Portland to visit an aunt, and she went to an art show. Went to the art show, and um, I saw this, you know, these beautiful paintings of man in a dress, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and I and I sent him, a, him a, uh, an email. and Yeah, and so now we have to back up and explain what Stephen does. What Stephen does is... And I'm not going to do this justice because he is an oh artist. A lot of his artwork, are, well, there are paintings where he has taken a photograph, uh, picture of himself, and then he creates a painting uh, from that picture where he is dressed as a woman in a particular time period. So the clothing is really, really accurate and so gorgeous to this time period. And it's it's just stunning, beautiful work. And I can see why Gigi was really drawn to him. And so we'll put a link in the show notes and you definitely should check that out. So she sent him an email, a fan mail. Um, we started emailing back and forth about art and, you know, various things. I was married. Yeah. Unhappily married. For 15 years, unhappily married. So they emailed back and forth. And at first they just thought it was a friendship forming, but a, a really close friendship. But we got we were very very good friends and then something shifted yeah. <laughs> and we both realized it at the same time and it was, yeah, we had a crush on each other yeah and then it was like we both admitted it and I was like okay now what and just you know kept kept going out and, and she was in the process of finding a way to leave her husband of fifteen years um, yeah and um, that happened and then she moved home to L A. Um, and um, to be with her family, and then came up and visited me, and we met, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were all these, there was like a year's worth of emails back and forth, and then there was a point where they made contact by phone, and, and Stephen described sort of each level of that as being something new, like in a way meeting a new person, because you know someone online, and then you hear their voice, and it's like, this isn't... Yeah, and and it seems like... 
for Stephen more than Gigi, it, it was a little scary every time it moved to a new level, yeah. thinking, what is this all about? And But then finally they met after about a year, and we wondered, well, I mean, here she's meeting an artist who is so visual by the nature of what he does. What was that first meeting like? <laughs> Awful. Horrible. Really? <laughs> There were there were a couple aspects to the situation. One is the normal awkwardness of going from email to voice and and, uh, and a few other factors. For some strange reason, she decided to have a Red Bull that day. And she's very jolly anyways. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we're, and she doesn't, you know, never before or since have you had a Red Bull. Yeah, I didn't know what no. it was. You didn't even know what it was. <laughs> no, I'm still scared of it. No, yeah. it was hor- horrible, yeah. I am a little bit hyper as it is so already, nervous, and so I was, yeah. Re- yeah, especially when I was nervous, and uh, this made me extra hyper. And so she, and so she, we met at a Starbucks, you know, neutral territory. She came running in, um, just, and I didn't realize until years later that she was high as a kite on Red Bull. So <laughs> it was, you know, I was, she totally scared the crap out of me. And there was also the other. The complication was my hair. <laughs> so just the backstory to this is that she told us about how she wanted to get her hair colored before the meeting, but there's this series of things, and she ran out of time. So as Stephen describes it. Well, long story short, it looked, yeah, it looked really horrible. In fact, I thought she had a hat on when I first met her because yes. it was like brown, orange. You know, it's like, wait a minute, what? Oh, that's her hair. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I love about meeting couples is how they tell their story. And when you watch a couple tell their story about the beginning of their relationship, I always have this sense of how things, you know, that they've been together for a long time and the story has become part of what makes them a couple and what they draw out as, you know, is important. And, you know, whether it's funny or serious or sad, all of that is sort of this, to me, sort of the what's woven into their relationship. And I think I love it when couples have their story, and you can tell they've told it before. Yeah, and I, what I love about that is when the two couples tell it together, uh-huh. and they play off each other, and you can watch the energy between them. So getting back to the Chihuahua couple, let's hear what one of Stephen's big concerns was. I mean, the big thing was, was I going to be physically attracted to her? Because I'm actually much more attracted to men, you know? Um, and I knew by the end of the day that, yes, I definitely would be, and everything worked, and it was going to be okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, it did work out on that first date. And we'll, and we'll get more into uh, how it continues to work in this episode. Uh, but for now, let's learn a little more about their attractions to each other. And also, I, I think we both appreciate that we're kind of weird, both of us. And it's like, okay, what are the chances we got together in the first place anyways? It's like, <laughs> yes. you know, a kind of a kind of a gay, transgender kind of guy who really wants to be in a relationship with a woman and a woman who likes gay guys, you know, who's physically attracted to, you know, yeah. gay men or whatever, you know. And it's like, that's... You know, it's a pretty, pretty uh, rare combination yeah. in some ways. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> and to find each other, you know, yeah. across how how many thousand, two thousand miles? How long? How far know. is it from Wisconsin to <laughs> to know. Portland, Oregon? Yeah. 
first time out, I married a circus clown. And so he was, you know, dressed in ruffles and, you know, makeup and things. And I didn't, you know, really make the connection until probably, you know, fairly late in the in the relationship there, you know, just to sort of come into knowledge of what I like or, or what, what interests me or whatever. I mean, it, I, to say, to, to talk about this almost makes me feel bad, like it's just a physical thing, you know, it's just about, oh, I like blondes or whatever, but um, <laughs> so... Um, there's there's a it does go deeper into kind of the way um, his sensibility is um, that just that there's just something I love about that in betweenness uh, that something that contains both male and female in some way. Let's dig into their mission. We haven't gone so in-depth here in this episode, but they are both artists. Stephen, Stephen O'Donnell, is a painter, as we discussed, and you really have to see his art. It is chillingly powerful. But Gigi is also an artist. She's a great writer. She writes both fiction and essays, and she's a graphic artist, graphic designer, and illustrator, too. She's designed the covers to many books, including all the books for Forest Avenue Press. And so it makes sense that their mission goes like this. To do as much art, to do as much, you know, different kinds of creative um, things as possible. Uh, I mean, you know, whether that is a an overt goal or whether it's just happens, you know, this is just w- what we think about all the time. We have so, both of us have so many interests, so many overlapping interests that, you know, we always want to do... You know, art, writing, performance, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And um, it's just a matter of not having enough time to do all of it. I mean, we're, we're editing a book right now on his art, books on his art. Of- it's as simple as that, huh? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty – they're pretty direct and to the point. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of neat because it's a – in a way, they have the sort of fantasy mission. Like I imagined one – one possible path of my life was like an extreme version of art, 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 and they're living it. Yeah, they really are. It's 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 really cool to see. You know, so so when you think about these couples, so Stephen and Gigi met through art, and they're carrying art on through their relationship. I mean, it's part of it. Um, uh, Mary and Dane, the the horse couple, met through psychodrama and. One is they've had a lot of drama, and they also have have a very a, a relationship that explores the psychological, and the feline couple met through theater, and that's carried them through, and they've created this. I mean, they find the vulnerability within that, and and then Stephen and Holly, the hedgehog couple. I mean, when you think about their community, they live that life in a sense, like a, a little piece of what caused them to meet is kind of what fuels them today, which. Makes sense, but uh-huh. it was fun to see that in action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Okay, so that's our introduction to the four couples. We hope you liked it so far. <laughs> and yeah. we're really excited. <laughs> and we have more to come. Next round, we'll discuss, um, we're going to discuss how... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, is this too so awkward? Next round, 
<laughs> I made this like awkward banter for us. <laughs> no, it's good. So next time we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of really dig into some of the communication and conflict um, and, you know, how that goes with these couples. And I think even though we're both kind of friendly, kind people, I think it would be fabulous if we tried really hard to get in a fight next round to kind of... I'm not, to, to I'm not going to get in a fight. <laughs> yeah. uh-uh, no. I think we can do it. Forget it. I think it. we can do no. it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, we're off to a good start. Yeah. Um, all right. So see you next time. Hopefully. Come again. Oh, oh. more jokey stuff. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, nice. good. Yeah. Oh, another interruption. As a prize for those of you who survived all the way to this point, here's a scripted conversation with my wife. Uh, but before we get there, we'd actually like to hear from y'all, believe it or not. Do you have a mission as a couple? Well, you can talk to us at facebook.com slash neurotic tornado. Share your mission, and we'd like to hear it. Or if you think Facebook is a tool of the devil, you can go to neurotictornado.com slash talk and you can get to us through the Twitter thing or just a, a private form to us. Yeah, do that. Please. I've got this script where you're going to, it's a terrible script and you're going to have to. So let me get this straight. You have a script, but you haven't told me what it is. <laughs> I, I want to ambush you with it because it's so bad. I, if you saw it, you might want, not want to do it. And you might be surprised by this, but you're going to play the role of the kind of resentful wife. So now I'm, angry not, wife. I'm not just a stick figure. I'm like, I'm fulfilling people's ideas about me that you're creating. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So here we go. Uh, you know, Jackie and I are doing this podcast thing. Yeah. So I hear. How's it going? See, and I put skeptically in parentheses. Do I need to be a little more skeptical? <laughs> what did you feel skeptical? Huh? Yeah, I hear. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Are you bigger than Cheryl Strayed's Dear Sugar podcast? Well, uh, we don't give advice, and we don't have a sponsor, and I don't really know how to use the audio, hardware, or software, and we don't have an editor or a producer or a listenership, but otherwise, I think we're big time. Huh. Huh. Uh, what'd you think? <laughs> well, I... I, uh, I don't know if it accurately represented me, but you know... <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for doing that. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me up here. Yeah, yeah. I might bring you on for more um, two-dimensional roles in the future. Yeah, thank you.